And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a play-in edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast crossed over with the Forum Club. Yovan Buha in the building, Tim Kawakami, power trio to discuss the NBA's dream scenario. They get Lakers-Warriors in the inaugural play-in and they play an absolutely electric game down to the finish, a bunch of drama, and then the Lakers pull it out to ensure they're in the playoffs against a Suns team they should probably beat. And the Warriors are still favored to survive and also be in the playoffs. This was a dream for the league, wasn't it? Those ratings are going to be really high. I think we can all see that. And yeah, do you see that Lakers are already favored to win that series now over the number two seed Suns? I can understand the logic of it. It does seem weird. Uh, it was all, yeah, it was win. Adam Silver just ran the table. <laughs> he got everything he could possibly want out of, out of the whole play-in. He needs Friday to go well before you can say He needs say Friday to go table. in. Well, well, you have to see. The Warriors have to, to keep up their end of that. But the possibility of people just talking, oh, maybe the Warriors will see the, the Suns, uh, see the uh, Lakers again down the road. I mean, that's just got to, it's got to be a nice enticement for everybody, to, a good way to start the playoffs, at least, I would say. You know what? Maybe the Lakers are rounding into form. Is that what you take out of Jovan? Like, it was a little sketchy, but they kind of pulled it together. And are you more positive about them now than you would have beforehand? Yes and no. It, it was like, I mean, that that first half was brutal. And to your guys' point about this being a success, like I, I thought the quality of the game was kind of the biggest success of all. Like th- this was the best of the four playing games. Um, you know, it, it went down to basically the final shot or, or non-shot there by the Warriors. But it had the big shots from LeBron, the big shots from Steph. You had that star power. So Overall, I, I agree that I think it was a success. From the Lakers side, it really was a tale of, of two halves, and I know that's cliche, but they talked about it after the game. Like Jared Dudley and Markeith Morris like called the team out at halftime and were like, you guys got to pick this shit up. Like, you guys got to start playing better and, and treat this like a game seven. And I thought you see that you saw them kind of flip that switch in the second half where in the first half, the Warriors were the, by far the more physical team. They were mauling the Lakers in the paint and, and getting away with it because they set that tone. You know, I, I just felt like, you know, their defensive first half was was amazing and incredible. But in that second half, you saw Le- LeBron and AD living in the paint. AD was talking about afterward, which I thought was really smart, that I know Draymond loves to help. So anytime I saw Draymond going to help, I followed him to the rim. And when I followed him to the rim, I got dunk after dunk. And I just thought that those subtle tweaks from the Lakers uh, of kind of exploiting Draymond's tendency to help and, and and just some of the rotations on the backside from the Warriors was one of those things that really swung this game, especially in the fourth quarter. Anybody yell at Frank Vogel and say, what the hell are you doing playing Andre <laughs> Drummond and Dennis Schroeder? My goodness, get him out of there. 
<laughs> That's where I was going where, yeah, I mean, the urgency from the Lakers coaching staff changed the game. Finally, they decided to go Davis at center. But this was always the formula for the Warriors was the thought was the Lakers are going to kind of float into the game a little bit more rusty than the Warriors, right? Because the Warriors had spent 40 days basically playing playoff games where the Lakers essentially are emerging from their preseason trying to find a rhythm. So, you know, they kind of had to jump on them early. They did. You thought maybe Vogel just for locker room politics purposes, would stick with Drummond too long. He did. And you'd get maybe a lead. They had a 13-point halftime lead that they should have been coming out of the second half, you know, really urgently protecting. And while the Lakers obviously counterpunched and Vogel got more, you know, in the moment, started making smarter coaching decisions, I thought the way the Warriors handled the third quarter. If we look at the season in general, it's kind of at this point almost can be deemed a success because of what the, how they've recovered. But if you're looking at the moment, they really should be kicking themselves. They had a chance to get the seven, lock into a playoff spot, get on that sun side of the bracket, and you're with Nuggets and Blazers over there. Like They had a chance to, I think, find a path to maybe make some playoff noise. Now you got to go in survival mode Friday just to even get in, and then you're playing Utah starting Sunday uh, on a quick turnaround, which is like, you know, I could see even if they win Friday, Utah like 30-piece in them Sunday. Uh, it's just, it's it's a much tougher road for them ahead, and, and if we look at this game, their eight third quarter turnovers, and I thought they had a few blunders in the fourth quarter where, you know, they they, they, they stabilized, they had moments, and, and they just made some mistakes that they really should have won this game. I mean, the reality is Warriors should have won this game. Yeah, the game was there, and they should have won probably because they played so well to get that third two-point lead, but I think you might know what I'm going to say. They're not good enough to beat an alert LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They're just not. Not in a seven-game series, but this was the, the, the setup for how you could have done it tonight. They're not good enough to say, okay, we got a 13-point lead, and it's over now. Slam the door. Because, yeah, turnovers are bad. They're going to turn the ball over. They're the Warriors. Seth's going to get double-teamed. He's going to make a one-handed pass. He's going to get deflected. It's going to go, you know, Draymond's going to try to force the pass. He even talks about that. Sometimes he just forced the pass to try to force the back cut. And it goes to somebody who doesn't know what they're going to do with the ball anyway. You know, it's JTA is not finishing in, in traffic either as Looney. It's just who they are. And again, I've said this so long, it's a little boring to say it. And yes, they could have won and probably should have won. But the moment LeBron got his ears pricked up and Anthony Davis decided to go into the post and not float around at three-point line. And they got Caruso in there who really defended Steph very well. And they got Schroeder off the court. And they got, you know, they just stopped messing around with centers. They're better. They're better. I mean, it's safe to say they're a better team. They, if those, if LeBron's ankle feels better, and, and it, I guess he looked a little more explosive at the end, didn't look like LeBron, but good enough to hit a thirty-two footer uh, to to win the game. They're just better than the Warriors, and I think the Warriors know that. You know, they're not, they're not going to say it, but they're they're good. Lakers are good defending champions, and they made them play good in the second half. You know, they did make them play. At the, raise the level and they did so i think you know playing an eight-man rotation you're playing michael Mulder 23 minutes and i mean which i i, I didn't <laughs> like by the way i understand it from the idea of the lakers were playing three guards but you know they i thought kerr finally figured it out then it should have been Baysmore pool along with wiggins draymond steph instead of it was too much Mulder. 
It was a lot of Mulder. It was a lot of Mulder. I think also they wanted to maybe punish, you know, LeBron, make him guard somebody, and if he leaves the three-point line, you get it to Mulder. But as we know, Mulder isn't exactly going to be, you know, go five for five in that case. But I you know I just I just thought it was kind of a, a tale of a team that's gutty and has an incredible incandescent offensive player and incandescent defensive player. They need more than that, though. If they win this game, they could have given the Suns, you know, a massive series and and maybe might have won it. They're not better than the Lakers, though. Or Utah. Or Utah, you know. That's that's the problem. That's the fate of a team that that has done what they've done, and that's okay. But, you know, we talk about we believe. Look, go on a we believe run. It's going to be incredible. That that team won one series, by the way. (laughs) So this is about what they are, and it's fun, and this was a great game. But I think this is the Lakers. The Lakers are a team that has looking at a championship, and the Warriors are not. What sequence sticks out to you, Jovan? Davis kind of getting, I think he finished, what, 10 of 24, which is quite a recovery because I think he was like 3 of 15 at some point. Draymond was awesome on him in the first half. Really took him out of the game, punctuated by that charge situation where there was a double technical afterwards. Um, but, I mean, I guess Davis going off is probably, like, what are your kind of keys from the Lakers side? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that that last minute and a half where you had the LeBron pick and roll where the, the the guy cheats, I don't remember the defender, but he, he cheats off Caruso. Le- LeBron finds Caruso in the corner. Caruso uh, drives middle, and that's where Draymond comes over, and, and Caruso hits AD for the the dunk. And then uh, you know Steph gets the foul, hits the two free throws, and then LeBron hits that that dagger from the logo, and just the the cruel irony of, of hitting it <laughs> over Steph. And then pointing at his eye and, and kind of doing some gesture that I, I don't know what that meant, but it, it was just I thought it was a little poetic for for LeBron to hit a Steph shot on Steph and then kind of with the, the theatrics of the eye and stuff. But for me, it, it just felt like the Lakers, especially in that fourth quarter, like you felt the size start to wear on Golden State. And they started, especially in that first half, really just offensive rebounds. They were winning the 50-50 balls. They were the ones blocking and stripping the Lakers at the rim. And it felt like physically like the Lakers were clearly gassed you know they had not played this type of game in a while but I just felt like that the collective size of having LeBron and AD out there being the two biggest guys you know like you said I was so impressed with Draymond's defense I mean I know he's capable of that but to see him do that against AD like that was definitely the best defensive performance against Anthony Davis this season AD after the game said Draymond got me he just got me tonight you know there's nothing I could do about it but he did say he's got him before, which I, I tweeted that out, and Warriors fans weren't too happy with that. <laughs> AD said he's got Draymond. It's an emotional before. night on Twitter. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Warriors Twitter getting upset over something? That no is really no good, blows my mind. They've been in my mentions for days uh, <laughs> in, in anticipation of this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just thought it was the, the collective size and, and, and finally AD and LeBron just breaking through because that first half was brutal for those two. And, and you know, like you said, AD started 3-15. I think there was a point in which they were like seven to 29, those two combined. And I, like, I was amazed that they were even in the game. Three of 19 at half. Yeah. And Schroeder was like one and nine. So add that to it. What four of uh, like 28 from your th- supposed three best offensive players. I just don't know where they go from here with the center spot. I know where they should go from here, and it's not Andre Drummond. <laughs> where they should go and where they're going to go are, are two different things, and, and that's kind of the issue is, is that this Drummond experiment, they've been force-feeding it since they signed him, 
And, you know, Frank Vogel's closed a lot of games with him, even when it hasn't really made sense. I, w- I was kind of worried that they were going to go back to him at some point in that fourth quarter. But I think you got to tip your cap to, to Frank for at least benching him in the second half. But it took way too long. And I think that is something that could cost the Lakers in the wrong game. Like, you know, w- with no disrespect to the Warriors, like if they were playing a better team, that probably cost them tonight. That's something they got to figure out because you can't worry about players' feelings and politics and different stuff in the playoffs, right? Like, or, or you're going to lose. And I think the Lakers got really lucky that they ended up winning this game. A buyout player, by the way, a buyout player. I, and you got Marcus Ole and you got Montrez Harrell and you got AD. I don't, I mean, I know there's a lot of weird things going on there probably, but that, that is bizarre to me. Even if you promised him, like, we'll do this for you if you come here. It's the playoffs. Goodbye. That promise is out the window. And we're going to have to play the, the best players possible. And we're not going to have you out there parking in the lane and getting ISO one-on-ones against Kevon Looney. How about that post-up he had <laughs> where he's like, <laughs> turn into the what, what, are you, what are you doing? And AD just floating outside, you know. Oh, give me the spot-up three out, which I will miss five consecutive times. Those are bizarre things. I do think the Warriors are uniquely able to handle LeBron and AD just because of two players, because of Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins. And Andrew Wiggins, yeah, we should Wiggins get to. Wiggins plays, plays well against LeBron, and that is a, a pretty huge thing. Like If you say, okay, he plays really well against LeBron, wow. Tim, you wrote about it. It starts to just, it's time to maybe just say Andrew Wiggins plays well. Andrew Wiggins is a good small four. Yeah, he's a good he's, small four. He's, 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 he's run off. He's run off like fifteen straight really good games exactly when they needed it. As the pressure is built, he was good in this game. You know, a couple clanks, couple turnovers, but that happens. He's you know he's not LeBron, but he's a very good player for this system. And he's if been you up just, for the moment. He's yeah. Just up if you for program that into what, and I might end up writing this tomorrow, so I don't want to talk too much about this. But what this game really. And I, and I wasn't the only one thinking about this. If Clay Thompson is even at eighty percent, the Warriors win this game. I don't think there's a question about it. And if Clay Thompson is at eighty percent, they win the next series against Phoenix. And then who knows what? And this is with, you know, two draft picks, James Wiseman. I mean, like, you're not even playing the stuff that you're going to have next season. That's a rather important thing for them to know that they can plug in. They don't have to worry about the small forward position against the best small forwards. Go match him against Paul George, match him against whoever. And they've got Draymond who's going to lock down, you know, one of the best fours in the league. And they can fiddle around at center. And they got Steph Curry. And then you play, I mean, these are interesting things for them to find out, I think. We've been talking about it for a long time, seeing if, if they can manage these things. And if you can roll them out against the Lakers again, you know, a wounded Lakers, Lakers not at top form, but they're pretty close there at the end. And you can go, you know, hammer and and, and tong at them back and forth, and not have Clay Thompson, and you know you're getting Clay, you know, assuming you're getting Clay Thompson next season. Okay, I'm talking too much now. That, I'm going to stop now because I'm going to write this tomorrow. So it's enough of this. Jovan, the Lakers are just going to start drumming every playoff game. Is this what they're going to do? That's what it it seems like. And and there's a cognitive dissonance there where even after the game, you know, Anthony Davis and, and Frank Vogel were asked about it, and they both were like. Oh, you know, he was dominant when he was out there. It, it was dominant. just Oh yeah, they, they they used the word dominant and and they just said that, you know, it just wasn't a great matchup because the Warriors played so small and the, and the Lakers needed, you know, just to match their small ball lineups. 4 and 7 in 17 minutes for Andre Drummond. Dominant. I mean, Kevon Looney w- was outplaying him and and I like Kevon Looney. 
if you're going to justify starting him and he's this guy that, you know, when he's going up against other centers, do you think he can win most of those matchups? You got to win the Kavon Looney minutes. And he didn't. And it's just like, if he can't do that, how is he supposed to fare against Rudy Gobert or Nikola Jokic or, or whoever they end up facing? Even DeAndre in, in the next round. You know, DeAndre's solid. And it, just, and it just makes Davis worse. And I know Davis doesn't believe it. He doesn't want to play center, but it makes him worse. And LeBron's not a small forward anymore. He's not. I mean, uh, he can fake it, but you don't want him going out there chasing Andrew Wiggins or whatever. And he wasn't. He was playing Bazemore or he was playing some, He was playing off. But it's just not their best setup. And, and it just... It makes it just, and it's just weird that they went out and got him. They didn't even like, he's our guy off season. This is it. No, they like get him in the middle of the season as a buyout. And now they're going to bet their freaking start of every, of every playoff game with that guy playing six minutes. It's, it's, it's amazing to me. Not only that, obviously you make Davis better if you slide him to five and you just play a more conducive style. But, you know, just think about just player for player, impact for impact. Andre Drummond on the court or Alex Caruso on the court. I mean, Caruso might have been like the fourth best player on the court tonight. I mean, he was, uh, he, I mean, Steph Curry had six turnovers. Draymond Green had six. I bet Caruso was uh, the main reason for like four of them, at least five of them. He, he had, I thought, maybe the biggest play of the game. 2.30 left, Warriors up three. They can kind of throw like a big punch late. If you score on that possession with 2.30 left, you're up five, up six or so um, with not that many possessions left. Caruso knocks it off Curry's leg out of bounds, hustles over to the referee, demands that he gives them the ball. The Warriors are kind of like slumping their shoulders, walking back. He throws it up court, gets it to Davis, forces a foul. Lakers within one. I thought that was a big swing sequences that was it. That was huge. And, huge. and that's all caruso right there and it's like not only are you saying why are you playing drum over your soul which i agree with but like a lot of your better players more impact players are guards that you need to get wesley on matthews was better than drummond today right wesley matthews was better dennis was awful i think the lakers lose this game if they keep him in i think he got pulled around the 230 mark for for wes like the last two possessions one he, he kind of got lucky on, on a layup and, and timed it right but then the next play runs pick and roll again, has tunnel vision, which, which has been an issue for him all season, goes downhill. I don't think he was blocked, but missed the shot. Maybe it was blocked. I don't remember. Um, and, and then gets yanked for, for Wes Matthews. And I thought that was a, a huge call from Vogel where it was like, because Dennis has been like the third closing guy behind LeBron and AD. They've almost positioned him as their third guy. He's, he's a you know impending free agent. Uh, they've had the, the contract extension talks with him. So there is a lot riding on this postseason for him. But minus 20, by far the worst Laker in terms of plus minus. And I don't think that was a coincidence. I think he took a lot of bad shots. And I know he's recovering from health and safety protocols. So maybe there's some of that. But I think their best style of play clearly was with KCP, Alex Caruso filling in the wings, and then either Wes Matthews or Kuzma in that fifth spot. Just space the floor, right? Just space the floor. Like Schroeder, could, I mean, I mean, I guess maybe he can sometimes. He certainly couldn't today. I mean, he couldn't even space it from 15 feet. They they were playing off of him, and he still tried to force a pick and roll, you know, bounce pass into Drummond uh, with three Warriors standing there. It was it was really bad. But again, you know, they're a deep team. They just hey, Wesley Matthews is, is now in the game, and you know, oh, by the way, we got Marcus all just sitting there all game, and we got Montrezl. They, they, they got players. They, they got a ton of players. And that's impressive when you just kind of roll through it. I mean, I thought Horton Tucker should have played more, frankly. I thought he was like a guy who can take some shots. Like they, they were hesitant to take shots when they started really clanking in that first half. But they got players. Now, you know, we'll see 
where they go, you know, I, I, you know, we'll see how they match up against Port against Phoenix, but I think they're gonna get better. I think they're gonna they're gonna get better. Somebody made the point online, like who was who was rooting harder for the Warriors in that final five minutes? Warriors fans or Suns fans, or the, just the Suns in general? You know, I mean, obviously, you know, if the Warriors do win this, I think you'd probably have a few people picking the upset of the Warriors, and it wouldn't have been an easy series for Phoenix at all. But now, watching what the Warriors did to the Lakers tonight was probably good for the Lakers. You know, being pushed like that, seeing that Drummond's maybe not ready, and like, you know, we can we can question Vogel tonight, and I will. I thought he played Drummond too much, but he showed during the bubble like he's very willing to be adaptable within series, and 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 if this was a series against the Warriors, I bet Drummond's out of the lineup by game three. So I do think he'll get to better lineups when he has to. I think he was hoping to kind of putter through this and survive and, and, and not immediately bench Andre Drummond before basically game one of round one is even here. But I think LeBron probably worked himself back into a little bit more of a rhythm tonight. Davis, I thought, did. The one thing I worry about Davis, though, in the playoffs – is uh he remember him in the bubble last year he shot like 64 percent on mid-range he was good from three that jumper is just not there right now and draymond took advantage of that right i mean he he didn't really seem to be wanting to body through draymond he was settling for the jumper if that's not there they're they're a lot more defendable in the half court they're slow they're slow in the half court they, they were a little bit today to, to talk a little boyers here uh they got this game Friday, Slater. I think they're going to blow out Memphis. I, I, I'm sure you watched blow that game. Blow them out, yeah. Huh? I don't think Memphis is that good. I mean, I mean, geez, Morant can't shoot, and I just think the Warriors have them. I think the, again, we'll see. I might be totally wrong, but I just think the Warriors have them. I mean, Valanciunas was awesome in the first half last week, and and then the Warriors kind of coughed up. I think he had uh, like twenty-one and twenty yeah, tonight, but, by the way. Yeah, but I just don't think that's gonna that's gonna happen again. And I think Morant, unless Morant just shoots him out, which obviously I guess could happen. I just don't think they have enough shooters. And and I think you know Steph is just he he went for forty-six against him with Dylan Brooks playing great against him. I don't know if that's gonna happen again. I just think the Warriors are better. I think they're they are. I mean, they might get tired eventually. I think they're fine for one more game, uh, and then we might see it kind of you know expire against the Jazz, but. I watched that game. I watched the you know Grizzlies several times now, and they're not as good as the Warriors. Like the the Warriors are not as good as the Lakers. The Grizzlies are in the same way not as good as the Warriors. They just don't match up in my mind, uh, and I see that being like a twenty point Warriors win. You're backing off of that one. Well, I mean, the only issue is again, it's like a one game scenario where if like they, you never, they, yeah, yeah, you never know, yeah, you never know. It, it could the defense could break down and somebody could just go. Jaron Jackson just goes off. I don't see that happening. I just, I just think the Warriors are on this run where they're going to beat the, they're, they're going to beat the lesser team. They're just going to beat the lesser team. Steph's going to go off, and if you just write down Steph for forty, they're going to win that game. Yeah, no, I mean, I like to fit. I'm, I'm curious how emotionally, you know, like they, they really wanted this one tonight, and I think they, I, I mean, I'm, I know they know that they just made life a lot harder on themselves. Um, but at the, it, this same breath like they, they weren't making a deep run i don't think any either if they get friday's game i mean i think they've justified most of the season anyway but if you get friday's game then you can go and roll into the jazz series you go, okay we short turn around we'll lose game one let's get extra days off before game two is not till wednesday try to get that one you know like you can talk your way through it just get through this friday game this is the climax for them in a lot of ways i don't know that they're going to 
get exhausted for that one. I just think they're they're better, and they have the the you know, the best player on the court. Maybe there's two best players on the court, and, and that should be enough. I have one more topic about each team I wanted to get to. Uh, we will. Well, I want to talk Lakers Suns, but before we get there, I wanted to mention Jordan Poole. He's just emerged. I mean, at this point, uh, you know, he had this past 10 days for him, which is at the end of what has been a really good sophomore season. He goes 20 uh, against the Jazz, 20 against the Suns off the bench at two wins, 38 in a spot start for Steph Curry. Then he's really good in the Grizzlies game Sunday. And then again, I mean, I don't know what his final stats were tonight. I think he only had 10 points, but they're 10 big bench points. He hit a big wing three late. He also did miss a corner three that would have tied it. But I mentioned it with Wiggins, but now I'm talking about a 21-year-old. He's kind of rising to the moment. He's showing the skill on a big stage. He's surviving defensively, which is key. Um, like I didn't think he got killed defensively tonight. No, I thought he was okay and, tonight. I thought yeah. he was okay tonight. Yeah. And the confidence level. He tried to punch one on LeBron. <laughs> I mean, that was yeah. bold. Yeah. Me and Tim have talked a ton about yeah, Poole. I'm curious, yeah, I'm curious what a Laker writer would say. Like, you've seen him time and again. What do you, what, you think of Poole? I was really impressed. And, and that was something that uh, Warriors fans were, were quick to point out to me in, in my Lakers-Warriors preview was that I, I didn't talk enough about Jordan Poole. And yeah, I mean, I, I thought he, he probably could have got some more of those Molder minutes. Like, I, I don't know, maybe take five, seven off and, and put them to, to Poole. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but uh, according to Anthony Davis, he poked the bear and he woke him up with that double tech. And then also, I guess uh, JTA said something to LeBron going into a timeout that uh, upset LeBron. So the Lakers stars were, I, I guess, saying that Warriors bench players were, were kind of igniting their passions with, with some of the things they were saying to them. So I, I, thought, I thought some of the, the trash talking might have also backfired. It's not surprising for those two, by the way. Not, you know, and not, I love JTA. And, you know. and love by the way, it. and Draymond with a tech, uh, a freebie tech, <laughs> yeah. or it doesn't count towards any totals. Uh, absolutely, easily uh, predictable. Yeah. Draymond yes, was yeah, getting marked the first that one. He's getting one. But that's part of what JTA and Pool. That's part of their strengths, right? They're cocky, so they're not shying away from anything. They're not shying, shying away from two of the best players in the league, two Hall of Famers. So. It's probably not great to get LeBron and AD more mentally into the game if they if they weren't, but it it's two guys who that's who they are. They're they you know they're they like to bark. They like to you know make sure you know how well they're playing. That's how they get themselves into the moment. They're not going to sh- you know shy away from it. It wasn't going to be Andrew Wiggins doing that. It wasn't going <laughs> to be Kevon Looney doing that. Those two guys fight you know and 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 you know they have different skill sets. They do different different roles, but that's almost kind of like. So it was certainly going to be endearing to Warriors fans to hear that. Uh, and, you know, this is the, the moment wasn't too big for either one of them. I mean, Jesus, JT took, JTA took that one, like, double clutch three. It was unbelievable uh, and goes right in the bucket. These are interesting things to see. These are interesting things to kind of plot out for the long term. Like, where does this fit as they build, rebuild a potential, you know, another championship contender? And a game like this, moments like this, Poole trying to punch one in on, on, on LeBron and JTA being JTA and, and getting some minutes cut. You can say that again. You know, it was weird to see his minutes cut a little For bit. For Michael again. Mulder also. Yeah, they're getting they're, they're going small. But, man, you know, they they were what they were. You know, Poole and, and Toscana Anderson were what they've been for the last five games in the biggest stage that they've been on yet. And it's definitely like, hey, you know, this is what I expect from them. I think that's what he said, or it was maybe it was Curry said that I forget now. But 
it is a difference. Like, hey, you're at Staples Center. This game means something. You got LeBron and AD, like, roaring to go at some point. And are you going to shrink or are you going to show up? And, and, you know, we've seen a lot of players join the Warriors and shrink. And these guys haven't. So that's that's a pretty big deal. It's all it's all like this calculation, you know, who knows if it's all going to carry through till next season. But it's something. It's something more than 15 and 50 showed last season, by the way. You know, it's something more than D'Angelo Russell showed. I mean, just to, to name a name. So these are interesting things, and I think that's what's the great part about this. this is what you want to see, just players put into different situations and see where they go. And those two have been really, really good for now, you know, for weeks now. All right, Lakers Suns. It is set as the two seven begins in Phoenix Sunday. LeBron CP three will be kind of the the mainstream storyline of the series. But Phoenix is a deep team. You know, obviously you got Devin Booker, who this is his first playoff series. <laughs> really kind of a tough draw for Phoenix after such an impressive season. Aiton's probably going to be targeted a lot in this series, and I could see we might be Yovan. You might be sitting there writing after Game Three, like, "Oh, this is a bad Aiton series." But in general, like he's had a slow build to, to being, I think, a really kind of a steady starting center. Phoenix is inexperienced besides Chris Paul. The Lakers, Tim mentioned it earlier, I guess are already the betting favorite, even though they looked a little rusty at times this year, or this season, or today, I should say. What are your first initial impressions before you've really kind of dug too deep into the matchup? This is a horrible matchup for Phoenix. We just saw AD drop 42 on them, and, and they were doubling him and triple teaming him. And it was one of those games where his jumper was falling, and, and when AD's jumper is falling, he's just unguardable, and, and there's just nothing you can do. I think they're, they're kind of similar to the Warriors in, in that they, they really only play one traditional center, and, and now DeAndre Ayton's better than you know than Kevon Looney, but... Their backup centers, Dario Saric, or I mean, I guess Frank Kaminsky, but it's Frank uh, Kaminsky. We'll, we'll don't don't we'll, we'll hate see. on Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> well, but but they they had those the minutes secret where, where, secret where uh, you know where they went Saric small ball five, but like the Lakers front line, you know, I, I think as we've said, like they, they have versatility. I think they can go big in certain matchups, and if they don't, like if you just go eighty at the five, I don't love that for Aiton, and they don't really have another option. So I just look at that as this is going to be a really tough matchup for them defensively. LeBron in the first matchup had, had 38, and I don't like love Jay Crowder or Mikhail Bridges against him. Like I know Mikhail Bridges is really good, really good defender, all, all defense caliber guy, but he, he's just too slight to defend LeBron. And and you know I think similar to what like we saw tonight in certain matchups when LeBron was able to get some of the smaller guys on him. Like Mikhail Bridges is really good, but I just don't. I don't see it. So I'm I'm picking Lakers in six. You know, I'm going to dig into some more film and, and some more stats from the season. So maybe I'll that, that, I'll change my pick. But that, that's my initial thought. Is I think it's Lakers in six. You know, that's typically how the road team wins. I do think, as we saw tonight, there's some rust. They're still figuring out the rotation. I think the Drummond experiment is going to cost them probably a game. But yeah, I, I would say Lakers in six. I will close this out basically the way I started. Uh, this was a really nice night for the NBA after what has been a rocky several months. Even before the pandemic, they were having kind of a down ratings year with a lot of their stars out last season. This year, um, you know, as, as fans basically aren't in the arena but are now starting to reemerge in arenas. 
And this playoffs, which, you know, uh, I think just as they try to get this new TV deal, as Ethan Strauss is very much detailed week after week after week, uh, just to get this play in, to get this type of game, it very much felt like a game seven. You know, like that was both sides took it, you know, maybe we can talk about Vogel's coaching decisions, but both sides took it serious, right? That was like a high-level heated playoff game. The Lakers are moving on, and, and we kind of think the Warriors are probably moving on. We'll see Friday. I'm curious about the ratings in general, but it's just, you know, this was maybe the best NBA night in a long, long time. Yep, yep, I agree. And, you know, it's it's big players playing under pressure, and you can see it, and that's fun. And I'm going to remember this game. Uh, there's there's Warriors playoff games that are a blur in my head <laughs> over the last, you know, the five years where they went to the finals. This one I'm going to remember. It's anytime, any game against LeBron, I think you remember. That's Steph versus LeBron, but... You know, we'll see. We'll see. I know maybe they're out Friday. Maybe the Lakers play terrible in Phoenix, and they're both out. And we go, ah, what was that playing? It was stupid. But I think we have a sense that the the Warriors are probably going to win a game against Utah if they get through, and the Lakers might win that series and might go a long ways. So this is Hall of Fame players playing in meaningful game. That you know, again, you can't always organize it that way in a play. And like that's what I'm saying. Like people, like, oh, the play-in's great. We're going to be here forever. Well, what if it's like you know Charlotte versus you know Washington every single time? Did you watch and, like, the first three play-in you know, games? I know it's like you're not. You can't always know that you're going to have these two teams playing each other. You know, like Warriors Memphis. It's the Warriors. It's great. It's Warriors versus Memphis. It's not going to be that interesting. However, this one time it was good. It worked out. I'm glad that it was there. I'm glad we saw it. I'm glad that we saw all these things happen under pressure. And as, as Steph Curry mentioned himself, I didn't want to put it on Twitter because people would have killed me. But the last time Steph Curry was that close to a that important three-pointer was Kyrie Irving in Game 7. In, uh, it was Game 7 in 2016. And when he was asked about what it was like to feel that, he goes, yeah, I have, I've been through that. It was five years ago. And I was thinking the exact same thing. So... But I never alarm Warriors Twitter with stuff like that. So I, I stayed away. I'm very, very cautious with, with those those sensitive souls on Warriors Twitter. I'm not like Jovan. I get them mad. I don't do those things. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it. And Jovan, I'm sure we'll be having Suns preview coverage coming up on the Forum Club and on The Athletic. We will be previewing Warriors Grizzlies. I'll and I'm the only right. person on this show who's actually was in, ever inside the Forum Club. I want to point that out. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, how about you that? don't. How, about how do you know that? How do you know I never made a, a I know. I, pre- I, know. I know. I know. I'll put it that way. I just know. Well, yeah, I'll be writing Warriors-Grizzlies probably tomorrow, and uh, we will check back with you plenty during these playoffs, I'm sure. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 